And there's nothing especially funny about fleeing a war-torn country on a fishing boat crammed with 40 people or being attacked by pirates, which is why it's such an incredible um, coup that Australia has a comedian as funny and original as Arndo. He's one of Australia's best-known comedians. And last night, his new book, The Happiest Refugee, won Indie Book of the Year for 2011. Welcome, Arndo, and congratulations. Thank you very much, Gillian. It's great to be on the show. Oh, it's fantastic to talk to you. Now, your family left Vietnam in 1980, so tell us about that journey. Well, my uh, father and my uncles fought alongside Aussie soldiers in the Vietnam War. And um, after the war finished, two of my uncles were put into concentration camps because they had fought alongside Aussies. And they'd been there for three years, Gillian, and their lives were in danger. So what happened? My father, a 25-year-old Vietnamese kid, he goes and he steals a high-level communist soldier's uniform and paperwork. He walks right through the front door of the jail and he says... These two guys need to come with me right now. And they let my uncles go, Gillian. They let my father rescue my uncles with another guy's ID. So it goes to show even Asians think all Asians look the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Of, co- of course, back, look, back then there was no photos. But with the fake paperwork, Dad pulled my uncles out and they go into hiding and we make plans to leave Vietnam. And you, um, and, you, and you did that. There were 40 of you on a nine-metre fishing boat. Yeah, five days at sea, Gillian, uh, uh, attacked by pirates twice. During one of the attacks, a, a pirate dangles a kid over the side of the boat and threatens to throw the baby into the ocean. For whatever reason, he decides to spare the kid's life. He throws him back in and he lets him live. And that's a really good thing because that kid is my little brother, Hua Do. Hua Do grew up to become the 2005 Young Australian of the Year. That's my little brother. I'm so proud of him. I bet you are. That's a fantastic, a fantastic story. It doesn't... Um, and you, you, you talk in the book about uh, the German captain um, that, you, that rescued you, um, throwing yes. your dad an axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, those pirates who attacked us, they took everything. They even took the engine. But here's what happens. As they leave, one of the pirates feels sorry for us. And he chucks us a gallon of water. And that water, in effect, saves all our lives because at that point we'd run out of food and water. And it, it got us through the night until the next morning a great big German merchant ship rocked up and rescued us. And to this day, my mum and dad love Germans. Julian, like my mum has a recipe for sweet and sour schnitzel. Oh, bless that's, her. That's not even a joke. That's like really – it's a – Delicious. She should be on MasterChef for it. <laughs> she, may, she may well be with your your family history, my friend. I, I wouldn't put it past her. It's and it's, it's it's an incredible story, but it doesn't it doesn't exactly um, seem like fodder for humour necessarily. So so where did that come from? Well, it comes from, you know, my, us, my family, so my wife is Aussie, right? And, and, and by the way, she tells everybody that I'm her male lord, her husband, and that my head got squashed in the letterbox when they delivered me. But, but my, she, she's Aussie and she comes over to my house for dinner and she hears all my uncles and my mom and everyone talking about pirates and escape and war and death and all this stuff, but laughing about it. And she goes, oh, my God, what, you guys are crazy. And I said, actually, that's just how we deal with it, you know. We actually find the, the humour in it. One of my uncles was 15 years old on that, on that boat when the pirate attacked, and he was so scared, Julian, that he wet himself. Now, just recently we had a, a lunch 
with the whole family. And uh, he's now a 45-year-old man. And his daughter is at the lunch, and she shows everyone the Blair Witch Project that she just hired out on DVD. And she said, tonight we're going to show, we're going to watch Blair Witch Project. And my other, other uncles go, no, 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 you can't let your, your dad watch that. <laughs> when your dad gets scared, he's going to wait himself. No, <laughs> They're still paying him out for it 30 years later. There's a lot, in, a lot in common, um, Australians and Vietnamese, because we, <laughs> we just like to... Um, to, to take weakness and, yes. <laughs> and beat each other over the head with it. Yeah, it's good fun, you know. I mean, if you if you don't laugh about it, it's just it's depressing, isn't it? Well, so, yeah, yeah, and it's um, but it must have been hard. You're foreign. You're in a new country. You um, you didn't know the language. We didn't know the language, and and but you know we coped. Um, and my parents are forever grateful for Australia. As soon as we rocked up to Australia, mum and dad said, "What a great country, kids." As you grow up, do as much as you can to give back to this great country. I'll tell you what happened. The, a nun from St. Vinnie's came and gave my mum a bag of clothes. And half the clothes were for a little boy and half were for a little girl. Now, my mum uh, has two boys. And she, she's too polite. She thinks it's going to seem impolite to give the girls' clothes back. She dresses me in the boys' clothes. My little brother is dressed as a girl for the first six months we're here. I'm sure it's meant that he's grown as a more interesting and well-rounded human being as a result. <laughs> you got to, it's in the photos in the book and um, he's in, in this little white dress and, and in fact what happened was my, my, my uncle said, look, it looks wrong. It looks like a little boy in a girl's dress. And my mum said, oh, that's all right. I'll fix that problem. And she grew my brother's hair longer. So <laughs> that was the solution. <laughs> Aunt is our guest on Afternoons. Um, he's, a, he's a very well-known stand-up comedian, but he's, uh, he's just written a, a book, The Happiest Refugee. Now, you, um, you went for you in a, a special needs class at one point because you, you didn't speak English, and you've gone that to winning uh, Indie Book of the Year for 2011, which must feel pretty good. Yeah, they, they told mum, look, um, when I was in primary school, they said he's going to have issues reading and writing and, and you know, he's, he can't really, he doesn't get words. And so my mum went straight out to St Vinnie's and bought a box of second-hand kids' books and uh, spent a lot, a lot of time with me to work on it. And, you know, over a couple of, a number of years, I fixed the problem. You know what, as soon as I found out I'd won the... Um, Indie Book of the Year, I called my mum and I told her and we had a bit of a cry over the phone. I, I adore my mum. She sounds like a, an, an adorable woman. And you wanted, yeah. that, you, you wanted to buy her house. So you yeah, became you know, an entrepreneur as, as, you, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, my father, who's a great guy, um, but he'd lost three brothers and his own dad in the war. Yeah. And he drank a lot. And he left the family when I was 13. And mum was looked looking after three kids on $6.80 an hour working in a sweatshop. And, you know, it just wasn't enough money. And, you know, landlords used to turn up demanding the late rent. The electricity used to be cut off and all this stuff. And at 13, I thought, one day I'm going to buy mum a big house and no landlord would ever threaten to kick us out. And when I was 23, uh, Julian, me, my brother and my sister, we took my mum to see this house that we're thinking of renting. And my mum walked in and she looked at the four bedrooms and the pool and cul-de-sac, big, it's just a beautiful house. And mum says, it's gorgeous, aunt, but let's forget about it. You know, the rent's going to be enormous. I said, no, mum, no rent. Never again will there be rent, mum, because I just bought it for you.
Oh, that's gorgeous. I've got tears in my eyes hearing that. It's <laughs> that was Christmas 2001. I bought my mum a house. And I haven't been able to top it since for a Christmas present, you know? Yeah, last year's box of chocolates. The <laughs> <laughs> last year. How about the flowers last year, mum? Yes, but no, you she's did, to do gorgeous. that, you, you sold fish, you sold um, American Indian artifacts, you, you took every... Every gig you were offered, you you spruced fruit, fruit and vegetables. You, yeah. you did everything to do that. You went you went to law school, and then at the end of that, you ha- you, you decided to give it away to become a stand up comedian. So how do you explain that to this uh, <laughs> to this to this mother of yours? I'm so proud of her son. I, I, I was at the end of a five year law degree, and I'm in this interview, and this guy reaches across, congratulations, son, you got the job, but you'll be doing about sixty to seventy hours a week. Um, can you handle that? And I said, yes, sir. I love hard work. But in my head, I thought, sheesh, that's a lot of hours. And at the time, I was doing stand-up as a hobby. And I asked an old comedian, how many hours a week do you work? And he said, four. Four versus 70. There's no, <laughs> that, that's too easy. That's a no-brainer. I, I chose comedy out of laziness. And I went to mum and I said, hey, mum, you know, like five years of a law degree, I'm, I'm going to chuck it away. I'm going to give this thing called comedy a go. And my mum said, what's that? Because there's no stand-up comedian. Like, that that occupation doesn't exist in Vietnam. There's comedy plays, but one guy with a microphone telling jokes doesn't exist. But, uh-huh. you know, my mum's so cool. She said, you know, Arn, I'll keep working away seven days a week. Um, you, go for your, you go for it, whatever you want to do, you know. I'll, I'll keep supporting you. Oh, you are going to have to think of something to top that house, my friend. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> your mum sounds like she deserves it. Fiona, She's really um, awesome. Fiona and Geraldton wants to know when you're touring WA next. Yeah, I'm going to tour um, uh, 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 early next year. I, I'm writing The Happiest Refugee Live. Uh, it's a, like a stage show. And I can't wait to, uh, to share all the stories in the book on, on stage and show even more photos and, and all that kind of stuff. But the book's just been, you know, last night winning the book of the year really was probably one of the best things I've done in my life, uh, in my career, um, Julian. And... Um, you know, you know, a few months ago, I get this, I get this phone call, and this voice says to me, "Hello, Arn, it's Russell Crowe," and I think, "Nick off, Jono, you silly, <laughs> I'm not falling you know, for stop that, trying up. to," and and lucky I didn't say Nick off. It really was Russell Crowe, and he goes, "I got your book yesterday, Arn. It kept me up till three a.m. It's fantastic," and I was just, it was, I was just a surreal moment when the phone goes off and it's a gladiator on the other side. So uh, it's been, um, it's been a very cool journey. Oh well, it's absolutely brilliant. I bet, uh, I bet your brother in the girls' dresses with the long hair won't thank you for um, part two. But well, my brother, <laughs> my brother's getting married next year, and I've blown that photo up two by two meters. As the bride walks into the church, we're going to just. Put it up there, you know. We're saying, are you sure you want to marry this guy? <laughs> well, you'll know that she loves him if she does. If she does. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gillian. And I, Australian comedian and author of The Happiest Refugee, my journey from tragedy to comedy that's on the afternoons. We'll get some headlines next.